Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. How would you like to be able to remember names after you hear them once or focus on a task without looking up until it's done? Whenever you want support for memory and mental sharpness, Alpha Brain can help. With more than 1 million bottles sold to date, Onyx Nootropic Supplement is the leader in its category. Alpha Brain's blend of amino acids and plant compounds promotes cognitive functions, including memory, mental speed, and focus, and supports flow state, that feeling of being in the zone. Buy yours at Walmart today. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the bunker. So, folks, it is apparent, right, if you are watching the news, if you are just stepping outside of your front door, that America, Europe, is in a climate crisis. What is making me so absolutely fucking livid is that the casual nature with which broadcasters, anchors discuss the heat is if it's something that is, oh, just go grab a popsicle and like go dip in a pool and everything will be great. The fact that no one outside of climate scientists who have been ringing the alarm bell on how 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, we could prevent what we are experiencing right now is so like just rage inducing. You have right now, the temperatures that we are seeing in Europe are 30 degrees above their norm. Yesterday, the UK had its hottest day ever. Like, since, you know, its inception, since the 1600s. This is not something to just shrug off and say, oh, everything goes up and it comes down. It's not. And the reality is, is that already hundreds of people have died across Europe because of the heat condition. Their building infrastructure, the way that the UK and Europe are set up, 
with the fact that I think they said in the UK, 5% of households have air conditioning. Why? Because on average, this time of year for their entire existence, since they've been recording temperatures has been in the seventies. So if it's in the seventies and that's normal and the way that you build buildings, like then you're comfortable, right? You are talking now in some places hitting well above a hundred degrees, young people, older people being at risk for heat stroke. Now I want to take that over back to the United States where we are, where yesterday a majority of the country, a majority of the country we're seeing temperatures well above 90 degrees and in certain areas, well above a hundred degrees. Again, I want us to think about our produce, livestock, the workers that work on these farms and in these fields in order to bring to your local grocery store the things that you need to satiate yourself and your family. We are already seeing, because of inflation, the fact that when you go to the grocery store these days, your dollar does not go as far as it used to. That package of chicken thighs or that, you know, bundle of broccoli is now 18 to 20% higher than it was last year, right? So now I want us to add on top of that, the inability to have enough water to feed the livestock, to water the produce, to be able to continue on with our same weight of production as it comes to food. And now think about climate change and the fact that things are going to get much, much more expensive and it isn't going to be because of inflation. It is going to be because of the climate change impact is having on our food production and not just in this country, but around the world. Because when you're going to your grocery store and you're able to get avocados all fucking year round, or we're able to get tomatoes all year round, or you're able to get, you know, this grocery store has cheaper meat than this one. That is no longer going to be the case. And again, we have continued to talk about climate change or argue about the reality of climate change. And we've allowed Republicans and people like Joe fucking Cole Manchin to co-op the conversation so that they can continue being funded from big oil and big coal. And the reality is they're fucking killing us. The ignorance is actually killing us. Because there are actions that can be taken and the Supreme Court just fucking decided right before this heat wave began that the EPA has no authority whatsoever to be able to set regulations for CO2 emissions. So the Supreme Court has taken away the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to actually regulate the pollution that is going into our air, has cut off the federal government at the knees in so many different ways, all for what? We're all going to breathe the same fucking polluted air. We're all going to be scounging around in the grocery store for that last little bit of lettuce or that last little bit of whatever. I mean, the fact that folks in my conversation with Jonathan that we have today is with regard to a new report that has come out that are saying that the life expectancy of people that are living in Trump country in red states is down five to seven years. We are a developed fucking nation. By the way, I will ask Jonathan and you will hear me say, when was there another time that life expectancy in the United States 
backslid. And he said, World War I. When I tell you that we are in such compounded crises, this is what the fuck I am talking about. Not only are we dealing with COVID, now climate change is at an all-time high. The other day, I realized as I'm, you know, in uh, hanging out over the weekend that it hasn't rained considerably here in New York. We're in a drought. Grass is brown, you know, and you can water as much as you want, but eventually there's also going to be a water shortage. You're getting text alerts from your energy company telling you that, hey, there's a lot going on on our grid right now, and you may experience blackout and brownouts. Is this Bangladesh? Like, what the fuck is going on, and why have we allowed ourselves to just accept Right. That in every area, by every metric, the United States is backsliding from our democracy to our life expectancy and so on and so forth. And yet you have these anchors and these newscasters and these politicians talking about shit as if it's just par for the course. This is a fucking crisis. This is a five alarm fire. Why the fuck is no one talking about it like it is? Because the next thing to come is our water being dried up or corporations deciding to take over more of the natural wells, more of the natural springs. And then guess what? Capitalism comes into play and then it will be let the rich drink water and everybody else, you know, is left boiling and distilling where the rest of the country looks like Flint, Michigan, which by the way, still doesn't have fucking clean water. We are living in really outrageous, dangerous, and terrifying times. And I wish that each week I could bring you some bit of solace, but I got to tell you that by the day, by the hour, I become increasingly worried about what is happening in this country. And the fact that you have people like Jonathan and others that have been ringing the alarm about what's going on and it's falling on non-listening ears. And I'm wondering now that people are experiencing this oppressive heat, that people are knowing that people are going to die, that it is difficult to be able to fill your gas tank, go to the grocery store and put medicine in your medicine chest all at the same time. This is becoming like the fucking hunger games in the United States. And that's just around the climate change compacting our economy and our ability to put food on the table. You add in all of the rights that are being stripped away and everybody having a fucking gun. Like, I don't understand where we think that investment into the United States or attractiveness is going to stay when people start realizing that this is a fucking dangerous place to live and travel to, and then that starts to tank. Right? Like, what is the fucking end game here that Republicans and quote unquote moderate Democrats who are literally gambling with our lives are hoping to get at the end? Because you can't, unlike what fucking that idiot Herschel Walker said, you know, you can't maintain a certain pocket of good air and clean water. That's not how fucking science works. Coming up next, my conversation with our friend, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, about a really eye-opening report that has come out to talk about life expectancy and what kind of messaging we need around that. 
Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slice Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the GabFest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political GabFest. New episodes every Thursday. Folks, you know that whenever we have the opportunity to chat with our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, about all the ways in which this country is choosing legitimately every single day to die of whiteness, um, it is a good time to get a perspective that we all clearly need uh, because the choices that are being made by the MAGA class, by racist white America is now actually affecting every single one of us. But interestingly enough, Jonathan, uh, according to a new study, you say that it is affecting their life expectancy um, in red states has lowered. Is that what it, um, so please tell us about this report and what is the latest? Well, there was a great article in Scientific American that's making the rounds on Twitter now, um, which even though they didn't cite me, which is cool, uh, it basically was dying of whiteness brought up to date, right? And so what they found was that people in red states and in Trump-supporting counties in particular were dying about four to seven years sooner than people in Democratic states or um, liberal enclaves or um, but mostly it was a kind of red state, blue state kind of comparison. Uh, and what they found was the data was absolutely incredible. I mean, of course, it made sense for COVID because there were a lot of areas where people weren't getting vaccinated and there was no mask and no public health and that kind of stuff. Um, but COVID was just the tip of the iceberg that uh, deaths from secondhand smoke, um, gun violence, gun suicide, uh, um, lack of access to healthcare, all these things were leading to dramatic life expectancy differences between red states and blue states. And, you know, every time something like this happens, and it's in Scientific American, I urge people to read it. It's it's not one study, it's a culmination of, um, you know, a bunch of research of a bunch of different people. Um, people will reach out to me and be like, you're right with dying of whiteness. Um, and, and, and in a way, Part of the point, right, is that when you, I mean, this is not rocket science, when you invest mm -hmm. in public health infrastructure, it 
prolongs people's lifespans. And the data in this Scientific American article is just incredible, right? It's like eight, you live to 77 in red states versus 85 in blue states. It's not, it's not inconsequential. It's a real data finding. Um, but of course, the tragic irony of all this for me is if we were on a different planet, like planet empathy or planet reason, or planet common sense, you would say, oh man, some of these states are having better health outcomes. What can we do to bring that to everybody? You know, um, but, but instead we're seeing the opposite, which is let's take the shit outcomes and let's nationalize those. And so um, all the things from easy access to guns, leading to more gun suicide, leading to shorter life expectancy, to not investing in Medicaid expansion, leading to poor life expectancy, those policies are now threatening to become nationalized. I mean, the whole idea that public health should create a health blanket over our country is falling by the wayside because of the Supreme Court and because of the politics that, that dominate it right now. So it's just another example. It's just interesting when you write a book called Dying of Whiteness that, well, basically, <laughs> to be honest, kind of predicted this point <laughs> about five but, years you ago. Know, but I want to... Yeah. I, I do want to understand something because um, just to kind of put things into perspective is if you're talking about a decrease in life expectancy of five to seven years, when was the last time something like like that level of a shift has happened in this country? Like that World is, that's not, a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not yeah. an instinct. It's not an instinct. Like I don't want people to think like, oh, that is kind of like the natural progressions, progression of things. Like that's not a normal life expect that's not a normal chart to see in a developed country that has access to modern medicine vaccines and all of these things and what you're saying is that this isn't just largely about covid and those the politics of those states in their reaction to covid this is going across the board in terms of health outcomes and so you know and let, let me say one thing about that. Yeah. Let me say one thing about that, which is you, just to re reinforce that you're absolutely right, that we haven't seen a particularly a, a, a um, life expectancy drop in a, in the demographic majority group um, since World War One, right? And the reason that, that was, was, first of all, of course, people were going to war and dying, um, but also World War One, people went off to Europe and then caught influenza and then brought it back here, and there was no treatment for it. And so it's really been um, since the nineteen late nineteen teens that we've seen something like this. And then, of course, we had the advent of modern medicine. Modern medicine helped us even during World War Two when people were still going off to war. So we didn't see a drop like this, even when a lot of people were going off to World War Two. And so really we're talking about a, a return to a kind of, I don't know, biological brutality that we really thought we'd had kind of gotten past because of, because of modern treatments. So the thing that I the, the what I want to follow up with Jonathan is then I mean what is the messaging around this right you have these red state governors to your point that's you know the whole point of the Republican party is to nationalize brutality oppression and harm right to do as much harm as possible to as many people as possible and when I think about right the connectivity between your ability to live a long, prosperous, healthy life 
And what happens when people get sicker, right? The, 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 how the power structure plays into all of that, how you are downtrodden. You can't put food on your table. You can't pay your medical bills. You can't do all of these things. It is a recipe for authoritarianism. And like, can you talk about that? Like how, how the, how America and these states in particular are primed for what we know is coming? Well, I guess the question is really like, how much do we want to, and I'm going to be literal and graphic, die on the hill of public health, right? Because for us, public health is an, an aspirational state, right? Public health is what we want to live better and healthier lives, modern lives. Um, but I will tell you that I feel like in the hands of um, another ideology, I'm choosing my words very carefully here. Public health is a bioweapon, the absence of, of public right. health, right? Right. And so, and so bad healthcare is already the case in a place like Florida or Mississippi or Alabama. Um, crappy gun laws are already the case there. But if you inflict that on New York, the whole system collapses, right? Because so many people depend on riding the subway to work um, and going to Times Square and going to Central Park and tons of guns in those areas is just going to collapse the civic infrastructure. And so many people in New York get their health insurance from the uh, expanded Medicaid that we have in New York City. And and if the state itself, I mean, a single state cannot afford Medicaid expansion. We know that from many other examples, including in Tennessee with the failure of TennCare. And so in a way, taking these policies that have created shorter life expectancy and our goal always was like, oh, let's prolong life expectancy in the South. Let's have everybody enjoy the fruits of better healthcare and stuff like that. But the reverse of that is if the South can inflict its shit policies on the North, then the North collapses in a way. This is a war of Southern aggression is what we're kind of feeling right now. And it's being fought on the battle of health, on the terrain of health policy. Why don't you think that this is being messaged in the way that it needs to? Because this is alarming, right? Like this, this should set off alarm bells you know, across the country, regardless of whether or not you live in a red state or a blue state. And so what is what is not happening with regard to the messaging about how devastating this type of so backsliding is happening? Not only are we back, not only are we first for the first time is our democracy having been noted as backsliding, but now our life expectancy is backsliding. And these two things are not mutually exclusive. And so how should this be messaged? Well, if you think about life expectancy is not always a goal um, in, in the context of theaters of power. And so um, I'm going to give you sour grapes in a minute here, but first I'll just say that you think about martyrs, for example, or mercenaries or... Uh, like people, there, there's a lot of different examples you can give of people willing to trade their health or their well-being for power or money or um, authority. Uh, and so, in a way, bad health policy is a is a weapon, right? That is going to destabilize 
the libs, you know, <laughs> in a way. And so I think that that's kind of what we're up against. And I think people probably don't don't see it that way. And and I'll tell you, the sour grapes part is. I mean, that wasn't the sour grapes part, Jonathan. No, the sour, there, there was the more. sour grapes part is personal, right? Because um, after Dying of Whiteness came out, the book I was going to write afterwards called The War of Southern Aggression. And it was about this exact point that actually bad health policy was being used as a weapon to destabilize the North. And, um, but I don't like, I, I need you the, to, yeah. to, 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 because I, I honestly, like, I need this to make more sense. And I know that it is something that is not going to make sense. We are one country. So to to say that the goal, that their goal, which I believe you, is the destabilization of the North, that de- destabilization is a ripple effect tsunami that happens across the country. Who is that good for? Like, I'm confused. It's not as if you're saying we're destabilizing the North as a way to reinforce stability in the South. That's not the case. So who is it good for? Okay, so let me give you an example from the book I'm writing now, which is about guns and gun policy. Uh, because, you know, your question is basically who benefits from this. Um, and and so part of the story, right, is think about what the Supreme Court just did. The Supreme Court just overturned New York's gun laws and said New York has no right to, or any anybody who has a gun law that says we're going to regulate who can carry a gun in public, that states don't have the right to do that. Now, we know from very detailed metrics what happens when you overturn permit laws, because we have examples of, for example, Kansas City, Missouri, my hometown, that used to be a very integrated, diverse downtown area. Lots of people live downtown. I lived downtown during med school. Um, and the idea was basically, here's all this cool integration that's going to be happening. And the minute they overturned Missouri's permit laws, and basically the state couldn't regulate who who carried a gun, anybody could buy a gun, and anybody had the right to carry it. It led to dramatic increases in all kinds of I mean, in my book, I talked about gun suicide, but it also led to increases in different kinds of violent crime, for example. And so what that led to was dramatic white flight from the downtown area, for example. Um, Sly James, who was the mayor of Kansas City, um, pleaded um, to have some kind of gun regulations or things like that because so many people were dying or shooting or all these kind of things. And so it led to a dramatic kind of racial divide in Kansas City that honestly, I mean, Kansas City has always had a hard time with that issue, but it wasn't it wasn't the case the way it is now. Um, it led to segregation in a way. It led to e- more economic uh, inequality, and it led to, in effect, kind of gated communities in a way. Um, Atlanta is another example. When Georgia overturned its gun laws, there was a People couldn't believe it when you could actually carry a gun to the uh, to the Atlanta airport, which was huge news about ten years ago. And what happened is the same thing: um, concentrated low income areas that became less safe for a variety of reasons, police, gunfire, and it led to massive disinvestment. And literally, there are parts of Atlanta now where white wealthy communities have 
created gated communities with their own private police forces. They're not even using the Atlanta police anymore. And so in a way, this leads to economic inequality and segregation. But places like New York, for all its problems, or Los Angeles, or Boston, or D.C., even though, of course, there's tremendous racial problems, police problems, violence problems, but in a way, there there also is a kind of ethos of, you know, bike lanes connecting neighborhoods and subways and public transportation, all that kind of stuff, all that kind of falls apart. Um, and so if you just take what happened to Kansas City or Atlanta and apply that to New York, it's it's undoable. Like there's no New York if, if that happens. And so in a way, this is a targeted missile directed at population centers, liberal population centers. It's a racial um, um but to do issue. like to do so then again i say who wins right because if everyone is it, it because it's not just yeah i guess the rich we we can turn america into parable of the sower and the rich have the ability to have their walled off communities but they still need to go outside of those walled off communities in order to access basic things like to go to the grocery store like to go to a restaurant like to go do all of these things so it, there, if you're creating an environment where no one anywhere is safe with the target um, of trying to burst liberal bubbles, but the reality is that this goes back to, if you care about nothing else, becoming an economic issue that is one that is not fixable. Because if I'm working from home, I'm living in a gated community, I'm no longer going out, I fear to do all of these things, I'm not spending money. Right. Yeah. Like I am actually put in a position to hoard because I feel so unsafe. Right. And so, uh, like, so I'm trying to figure out if I am Alito and fucking Clarence Thomas and these people that are on the bench making these uh, decisions that are disrupting everything like they're you're talking about places that we know hold a lot of American debt, like China, like Saudi Arabia, like whomever, that buy up real estate in these areas that will no longer be doing that because this environment will be incredibly unsafe. So I'm like confused again about who is winning other than gun manufacturers for a very short period of time. Well, I mean, that's that you nailed it, right? On one hand, in Dying of Whiteness, I showed that when Tennessee didn't expand Medicaid, the life expectancy of the entire state fell. Um, and that's because all the resources for healthcare um, went toward emergency room care, which is much more expensive because people didn't have health insurance and they came in when they were much sicker and the problems they came in with were much more expensive. And so ultimately everybody suffered except for the wealthiest people and corporations. Similarly, um, when you let gun, gun, I mean, imagine the arms race that's going to happen in New York and Los Angeles and Boston when the effects of this Supreme Court decision filter down. It's going to be a windfall, a windfall for gun manufacturers, for the NRA, for the organizations that are seen as supporting. I mean, the NRA in 2016 gave what, like $40 million to Trump, and, and that's probably much more than we even there's much more of that than we even realize. And so in a way, this is a particular power grab um, that is economic and political and it's honestly death to the idea of the country in a way. So I, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful day out my window, you know, it's July, but I will say that this scientific American article, like it just like every so often this kind of thing pops up, right? Because there'll be an article, then 
even though, again, I'm not in this article, but a million people will write to me and be like, your thesis about dying of whiteness is right. And how come people aren't voting for their public health? And I'm like, um, don't think about it in terms of America. Think about it in terms of Putin, right? Putin doesn't care about public health. He's just putting his people in a meat grinder, destroying his economy in the idea of beating the opposition and taking power and restifying the Ukraine. And that's kind of that's kind of what we're faced with now. It's just people for uh, for reasons that are understandable. Like we don't have a history of that kind of conflict in our lifetimes. Um, but that is kind of what we're up against. And so I feel like these numbers, these public health numbers are tragic, but they're also a warning sign for people to recognize the ideology that you're up against, right? It's not about life expectancy. It's about power. And so, um, again, I, I know this is very doom and gloom, but it's just very much on my mind because the same thing keeps happening when these articles come out. And then people are like, what will it take to talk people into healthcare? And I'm like, that's not the right question. The right question is like, what will it take for you to recognize the struggle you're in right now where life expectancy, your life expectancy is, is what's at risk. <laughs> so. Sorry, Damn, I, Jonathan. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> like, this is, this was, uh, as always, uh, incredibly eye-opening and equally as depressing because I don't really see any recourse uh, to be taken. I don't see a Democratic Party that recognizes uh, the strategy and that we are at war um, uh, against this party, against this this you know, dying of whiteness mentality. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, no one is going to win, right? Even though, even those that are doing their greed power grab, like it won't last, right? Uh, it never does. That's what, that's what history tells us. And so I'm like the setup of failure right now is, is extraordinary. And then not to have conversations about it, not to be ringing the alarm about it, uh, not to be connecting the dots either leads me to believe that you are complicit or you are ignorant. And either way, that is dangerous. As always, Jonathan, thank you so much for spending time with us on Woke AF Daily. We appreciate you. Hang in, everybody. The puppies and rainbows are right around the corner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> The Damage Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for, the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. As always, dear friends, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.